0: Hello, I'm Sherilyn Starkey. Welcome to Being Human is Good for Business, the podcast for business leaders who want to build high-performance teams. Today, I'm joined by the leadership experts at Trilogy Effect, Heather Moraz, Wendy Apple, and Mary Beth Zwicky. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hello. Thank hey. you. So we launched this podcast to help people who manage people discover who they are as a leader and as a human being, and how they can unleash the full potential of themselves and their teams. This is something that the team at Trilogy Effect have a lot of experience in. Among their clients are many household names such as Johnson & Johnson, GlaxoSmithKline, Procter & Gamble, and many other Fortune 500 companies. And they've also helped lots and lots of technology executives build leadership capacity and high performance team. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most important skills any leader should have. It's something most of us do every single day, but you'd be surprised to learn that almost everyone could improve on how they do it. I'm talking about listening. Why is listening such an important skill for leaders?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I think one of the reasons it's so important is because we so take it for granted. It's something, and the other good news is that we're all fully equipped for it. But that doesn't mean we're, we're maximizing the potential
0: there. So leaders aren't even aware that it's a skill that they can develop and improve upon because they've been doing it their whole lives, right?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it goes beyond leaders like humans. (laughs) Yes. We've all been doing it our whole lives. Those of us who are luckily lucky enough to have our, our hearing, but that doesn't mean we're listening. And I think the distinction is missed. And I think what's important about listening isn't knowing how to do it. It's practicing it at a level that opens up possibility and connection and innovation. That's the part that I think gets underappreciated and probably isn't well understood.
2: Yeah. For me, one of the things that, Heather, you've said in the past that so resonated for me is that listening is the most underutilized form of communication. It's at least as important as speaking and probably more so as human beings, as beyond just as leaders. We want to be seen, heard, and understood. And listening is a huge contributor to that happening.
3: Yeah. I often... I think they're often leaders are afraid to listen and really hear there's the listening and there's the hearing, right? My ears are open, but am I actually taking in what people are saying? And I think there is this fear that if we listen and really hear what people are saying, we're going to have to do something about it.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And so there's, especially if a leader has already made a decision about a direction, getting additional input or hearing what people have to say that might wanna modify that decision, change the course in some way. I think this is just one, one example, one context for listening, but I think our desire to really hear what people are saying is kind of shut down because they're already moving forward in their direction the point of heather was making is that shuts down possibility and and so there is a there can be a an aversion to listening to hearing what people are saying both in that context and there is a sense of a need for control that co- that is really paired with all of this so if you've ever watched a leader develop an agenda for a meeting there's very little time for discussion. Everything is packed, 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 packed because that that th- there feels like a sense of control. There's no sort of white space, free space for discussion, which means both the talking and the listening, the taking in and the hearing. And I think it's one of the reasons that people um, hate meetings, frankly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, are you there's saying no that room this- for... Cre- it limits room for co-creation. There's no creativity. So everything comes to the meeting pre-digested, pre-prescribed. And then it's all about just, can I get this through? Can I get this mm-hmm. through? Can I get this decision passed so that we can keep moving all the while, not paying to attention that we might be on autopilot in several different directions and heading for a crash.
0: So that was going to be my question, Wendy, is it like an, a conscious decision that I am definitely plowing ahead here. and not going to take time to listen, or do you think it's just a habit of a lifetime?
3: Probably both. And I think that there's a fear of having white space in that agenda. Like what, what if something happens? I don't know how to deal with sort of the unknown, the agenda with five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes for each section provides a level of structure and certainty. And can we live with the white space? Can we work with the white space for the unknown to emerge? And there's a fear around that for a lot of people.
0: Fear of the unknown.
3: Fear of the unknown, what's gonna happen? What's gonna come out of this meeting? What's gonna get said, whatever. And I've got an agenda, I need to plow through. We just gotta tick all these boxes, get it done, move forward.
1: And sometimes that is indeed the case. It's not an either or, there are times and there are portions of meetings where it really is about just getting stuff out the door, uh, pushing it through the deliverables and milestones. And just the way human beings are wired, we really are comfortable in that mode. It takes a lot more pause, intentionality, grounding, and just honestly, just being a bit more mindful and and a little more relaxed <laughs> to open up space for the creativity and innovation and some st- more strategic thinking. Really, the more strategic thinking is when you sit back and pause and take a longer view and get out of panic delivery mode. I'm not saying all delivery mode is panic, but it starts ratcheting up to that pace Pretty quickly, and we don't even notice we're there because it's so ingrained in our habitual way of operating.
3: And it's one of the greatest gifts you can give someone is mm-hmm. your presence and your listening. People want to contribute and make a difference, and if you're not willing to hear what they have to say, and there's no time um, and space given to that, people just kind of put their head down and they do the minimal, and just okay, it's about tick the boxes. I just have to fulfill on commitments, but I don't really feel like I'm able to contribute what I have to offer here. Meetings are um, often overloaded with agenda items that could be done via email and reading. It's about delivering content Mm -hmm. and people get discouraged about that. What What is the purpose of bringing people together? It's for conversation. It's to share ideas. And often that space isn't allowed. And so people don't really feel like they can contribute. Most of those meetings, the content is going kind of one way. So there's so much to say about that. But listening is a key component in all of this and to provide the opportunity for the leaders to listen so that they can actually know what's going on as
2: well and we catch ourselves in this all the time we will design an agenda and there's so much that we want to cover within a two hour or four hour chunk of time and we'll have to be very deliberate about allowing time for conversation for engagement because that is really where the magic happens right and so all this to say we don't have it perfectly handled ourselves it is a constant practice engaging with listening
3: we do we do this work with ourselves and with our clients around our understanding our own listening filters what's our automatic way of listening and then how can we catch ourselves and pause and do what we call generous listening which means that ability to set aside those those filters that we now recognize that we have so we can really be present to what's being said so for instance I could be sitting there listening, going, I already know what you're going to say. Can you just get to the point? Or I'm ready to fill in your fill in the blanks for you. Or I could be listening to in a meeting to look good. I'm just gonna hear what they have to say and then throw out my own point of view without building on what they have to say. Right. It's like, well, I want to look good now too. I want to show up and show myself as as smart, wise, capable, competent, whatever it is. So there's all these different ways that we listen in order to speak, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so the generous listening is I'm really gonna be here and hear what you're saying and and set aside what it is I'm gonna say next.
1: Yeah, and stay curious Mm -hmm. and
2: open to what wants to happen here instead of my agenda. To Wendy's point earlier about meetings where driving, driving, driving to get things done. When you're listening generously, it can feel like it's going to take more time, right? It can feel like it's slowing things down. And in a lot of ways, it is. It does take more time. What it can do though is actually help to make things move more smoothly, move more quickly. I know that when I'm listening from, you know, place of automatic, I already know, I know what my business partner is going to request of me i'm off getting started on something and i haven't fully listened i'll often have made a mistake i'll have assumed something that isn't what was intended at all i'll be 3 days into a project and find out that oh wait a minute this isn't exactly what we wanted here so i will have at the front of the line assumed that i have saved some time because i already know and it's really cost me time on the back end of something so The pausing, the slowing down again, it can, it can, it can feel like really, especially for those of us who want to drive toward goals and achievements. It can feel like, oh God, really? We're going to put the brakes on and it will actually save you some time in the end.
0: Yeah. And do you find that help that the work that you're doing recently, now that your clients and, and leaders generally are often working with a working from home workforce, or team. Mm-hmm. How you know, is the allowing time for listening different when we're not all together in the same room, when we're staring at the Brady Bunch type screen at our, <laughs> on our consoles?
1: I guess I have to check in on my own experience of the virtual way of working versus being in person and the impact what what listening, if it's affected listening in one way or the other. I don't think it's changed. Like, I think fundamentally practicing listening is, as Mary Beth said, it's an ongoing, never ending thing to focus on. There's not a destination here. Mm -hmm. And Zoom is kind of nice because, or, or video connections, it does enforce a certain protocol and linearity around this this person is still speaking. So I have to listen. I'm not sure though, that means I'm actually listening, it might just be I'm waiting my turn. (laughs) So there's that. What the video connections don't allow for, and conference calls, audio conference calls is the we like to call it the field phenomenon that happens when you get human bodies together in a space. And There's just something magic that can happen interactively in the moment that allows for communication to arise beyond the spoken and listened word. There's an experience that gets added that is really quite hard to pin down and put words around. And it does show up also in Zoom and and in video calls too. It's just not as easy for it to manifest there as it is in person. But practically speaking, it's gotten so much better. But that is as much a function of listening as it is co-location, actually. It really comes back to, what am I listening to? Is it all this stuff going on inside of me or is it out here what's emerging?
0: Can you give me an example of a client that you worked with on listening that was able to achieve a solid business outcome?
3: All I can say is when every time we come out the back end of a meeting or a series of meetings with a client and they do refer constantly back to the generous listening as it's something that made a a big difference for them. And they talk about it um, amongst themselves and they start using the phrase generous Mm -hmm. listening So we know that it's, it has a lot of stickiness and it becomes part Mm -hmm. of their culture and part of what they practice with each other and with themselves and catching themselves when they're not listening, listening
1: generously. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is some, there are clients who will speak to, actually we've had a couple on our podcasts. They speak to the impact this practice has on innovation and creativity in their work. One of our clients has pulled us in numerous times as he's taken on new teams and has one of the things that of any organization that is critical to their future is having an innovation pipeline. And one of the first things he brings in to the teams around innovation is listening, Mm -hmm. upping the ante on where we listen from because especially in today's fast paced world, we're busy producing output to sell <laughs> and we get so caught up in the production of what we already know how to do. And it is critical that we don't employ a different toolkit in our innovation work. And it does require a little different toolkit than just the continued d- production mindset. It requires a way of listening and trust and honestly, some self-reflection It feels like we have to slow down so that we can go fast again. So we have to get past some internal barriers to this doesn't feel like real work so that we can get to the real work Mm. of inventing what hasn't been thought of yet. And the, the
3: generous listening also applies to ourselves in terms of what we're listening to that's going on inside ourselves. Are we actually listening to what the voices that are inside of us or even listening to when our bodies are saying, I need a rest because we get a lot of body signals that we often ignore in an effort to push forward and push ourselves forward. So, so the generous listening really, it, it's not just for out to other people, it's to, to what's going on inside of us. And what's needed inside of us.
2: One example that I had been thinking of earlier, a woman we were working with and very early on in the engagement in the first or second call, maybe she let us know that her team, the people on her team, these were not the horses for her course. They were not the right people. She clearly had some judging and assessing going on with her people, but I already know who this person is and what they can and can't provide. And so we did work with her using listening and using some other tools as well, but really to, it allowed her to just see who she really was at work with versus who she had been judging. She was at work with because it truly people endlessly surprised me even though I've been in this, you know, business and been fascinated by people since I was, you know, a child, right. I am always so humbled by who I am at work with and in life with. And so the practicing with generous listening with others and really hearing them, it turned out she had a very high functioning team and they, they got some really wonderful results together and she loves them. They love her. It was, it was a quite a shift and a quick one for her. This didn't take months and months and years. It was it was a very quick shift in how she listened to them and how they showed up for her. So, I think that this is to go back to practice. This is the kind of tool we practice every day and honestly practicing at home with this tool with the people that we are really in life with for decades, it's it can be really revealing because I know I know the people in my life, right? Except do I really? Mm. So it's a fundamental core tool that, as Wendy said, it's kind of like hard to tease out maybe exactly what the direct results are from working with it. Well, I think it's, what you've
0: just said is so topical and on point right now because everyone is talking about people quitting. I feel like almost 50% of people are seriously considering a job change as, as they come back to work. And I feel that leaders can maybe stem that flow by employing some of what we talked about today.
3: It creates more of an engaged workforce. Someone that we've all worked with, his belief was that people come to work to contribute and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And if we don't allow them to make a difference and feel like they're making a contribution because we're treating them like children, right? That we start infantilizing our workforce. It's like, I'm the parent, you're the child and people are tired. They don't want it anymore. They don't want it anymore. They want to come to work. They want to make a difference. They want to be engaged. And one way to do that is to treat them like adults and listen to what they have to say and hold them accountable when they're not stepping up and doing what they're expected to do. And and so I think listening is a huge part of that. We, this goes back to something Mary Beth was saying. We, We think we know people and we don't give people a chance to grow and change. And we put them in a box and we hold them in a particular space and time. And no matter what they say, no matter how they show up, no matter what they do, we're still listening through a filter that says, I already know who you are. I already know what you're capable of. I already know what you're gonna do and how you're gonna behave. And I'm not giving you the opportunity to grow and evolve into the person that you can become. So we freeze back in your box. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I certainly know I'm guilty of it. I've been at the affect of it. It's like, you're not, hello, you're not seeing me. You don't see who's here in front of you anymore. You've stopped listening.
1: Yeah. I remember one of our earliest teachers had a phrase in a question, which is always a great way to phrase something because it opens up space, right? And, and she would say, what if listening is what grants speaking? It puts the onus on me to create the place that you get to show up in. So if I'm not feeling like the full potential is manifesting here, where am I listening from? Who do I think this person is? What's the story I'm telling myself about them and about me, because I live in my own stories. I need to look at that too. What's, <laughs> that's creating this opening here, this interaction. Why is this interaction going this way? So I think what Wendy and, and Mary Beth, what, what everything is pointing to is the power of listening is so underestimated. It's like a secret weapon that none of us knows that we have. Yeah. Have you ever been in a meeting where
3: the person's silent for a really long time and you have no idea of whether that person's actually engaged, not engaged, whatever. And then suddenly they come out with something where everybody just sits up and takes notice. Because they've been really listening intently, processing it, and it's fed their own creative juices to come out with something that captures and enhances what has been happening in the room. Deep listening. Mm -hmm. And I think Heather, both Heather and Mary Beth mentioned this notion of curiosity. There's this not listening that's going on in the world right now. And people are in boxes. People just wanna get their point of view out. They have no interest in hearing what other people's viewpoints are. There's a like a block to wanting to understand and learn. And I think maybe there's a belief underneath that that says, if I really listen, I'm gonna to have to take on your point of view. If I really listen and understand, I'm gonna to have to agree. And I would ask people to check out that assumption or belief. It doesn't mean you have to change your point of view, but respect, willingness to see again. Respect is willingness to see again, offering the respect to somebody to actually listen and hear what they're saying and evoking that curiosity, trying to understand where they're coming from. So it is set aside our filters, evoking curiosity and and saying, Sherilyn, can you tell me more about that? I don't really understand it. I don't see it that way, but I want to know. I want to know how and why you see the situation the way you do. And then not getting ready to just marshal my defenses or marshal my counterpoints or anything, but... Really trying to understand where that person is coming from. And it doesn't mean I have to agree. And it doesn't mean I have to see it that way. But I can afford them the respect to listen. And maybe, just maybe I
1: might learn something. So it's
0: listening is a superpower, mm-hmm. it's very healing. Listening really is a superpower. If you do it with a generous heart, well said Heather, thank you. And thank you also to Wendy and Mary Beth who joined us in this fascinating discussion about the power that being able to listen brings to leadership. In this episode of the Being Human is Good to Business podcast, we learned so much that you as a leader or as someone who manages people can put to work right away. We learned how to improve your meetings by creating time and space for creativity and innovation. All it takes is to make a little commitment to listening to the people at the table without relying on those automatic filters that we all use. We also learned how by stepping on the brakes now and taking the time to discuss and listen to the thoughts and concerns of your team members, you can unleash the energy and invention that actually will save loads of time in the long run. And we found out that being able to listen generously is a skill that can be learned and is honed through practice, and doing it well can be transformational for individuals, teams, and for the whole organization. So what are you going to do differently with what we learned today? Will you structure your meetings differently? Will you work to identify your own listening filters and habits? The team at Trilogy Effect would love to know what you take away from this episode, and how it will change the way that you work. You can reach us by visiting our website at TrilogyEffect.com or by pinging us through social media. I'll include links to our socials in the show notes. We'll also include links to helpful information and resources to help you be your best as a leader, including our new free leadership guidebook. Please make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to this podcast. Please leave a rating or a review that really does make a difference and makes our podcast a lot easier to find. And do please recommend us to your friends and family who want to learn how to become a better, stronger, more effective leader. Thank you for listening. I'm Sherry Lynn Starkey and this is the Being Human is Good for Business podcast.